podcast. <laughs> and with that, I say welcome to Geeks with Kids, your bi-weekly <laughs> podcast. From a parenting point of view, I am one of your hosts, Eric, and joining me this week is Matt Moore, Steve oh. Chu, and Hawk. How's it Hi. going? Hey, oh. Oh, yeah. Oh, so we're back to regular episodes. No more lists. Well, what, wait. What? No, this is sort of a list episode, too, but... Always lists. What are you talking about? Intro, it's always it's intro to episode. No. It is. It, it, the, so, so a couple of weeks ago, Parasite won the best picture of, at the Oscars, and there's sort of this big hubbub on the internet because the internet is the internet. And, yeah. you know... Yeah, so like, oh, don't films. know when to shut up. Exactly. So we thought we'd do a little intro to foreign films. We picked a film each that we thought that people should watch, and then we're going to talk about each of the films without spoiling it because we want you to watch it. Mm-hmm. Yes. But before we get into that, we're going to do a segment that we used to do, but we stopped when we did the big list, and that's what's good. Or, you know, what's your... No, you don't, no, don't I will say it. Don't say screen. it. So... Let's see. What's good? What's good? If I, I love that on um, everything is permitted, they have a you do something good or do something bad. Um, I feel like Matt Moore is going to do rant about something. So let's go with Matt Moore first. No, no, you know, or you're yeah, going to do something good. No, first? well, I don't know. Go with other people first because I want to try to formulate my thoughts to a a, a, fr- a phrasing that isn't going to cause you to burn out the bleep button. How's that? Eh, it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve, what what are you liking on right now? Anything? No, not really. I was a bad pick, man. Sorry. <laughs> I haven't been doing anything. I, it's the same thing every week. My life is very boring. I'm just loving those 40K uh, audios and uh, still loving them. So that's pretty we, much we, it. We, we still got to do that. Um, yep. I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, we'll get you. We'll get Michael and some I, other people. I may have slowly been getting sucked into the 40K bandwagon. I, I was at Silver Snail the other night in uh, Toronto and I was just like, look at all this Warhammer stuff. Yeah. And I just kept kept on going through all the models and I was like, these look amazing. Now yeah. that I know that there's like steampunky orc stuff, I, I may have started building. An, I may have started building an army. I'm a little. I'm not ashamed to say it, but I'm. <sighs> yeah, for it. for yeah. everyone who doesn't know, yeah, I've been on this huge bandwagon because I discovered all these audiobooks. and uh, I mean, what I've been loving about it is just the consistency. You know, like they just they got their universe really figured out, and uh, it's just great. You know, just being able to enjoy something and not being offended by every little thing. You know, like yeah. I usually am. Yeah, let, we'll, we'll do we'll do an intro to Warhammer episode where we'll just give some background, I guess, and then yeah, maybe a, well, an I, audiobook I, or a, a video game and yeah, uh, something. Like that. Yeah, I mean, I've been trying. I've been trying to figure out. It's 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 a colossal problem, and I'm trying to figure out how to how to work that as an introduction. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's something I'm always working on. And I remember, I, I believe it was either you or Michael who said that they just did a big refresh on the universe. Or Michael something. that had brought it up uh, the last. Yeah, time. yeah. Well, basically, there is a timeline, and they've been slowly updating the events. And uh, yeah, some pretty big stuff happened very recently. Like mm-hmm. you know, worlds were destroyed, and and former dead gods sort of came back to life. So it's it's yeah. it's kind of crazy stuff, right? So they're, they're doing their own crisis on in Infinity. Well, no, it's not quite there yet, but it's there were a lot of big changes and some of them are not so good and some of them are kind of amazing. So I don't know, maybe they're going to wrap things up. I don't know, but it's starting to look a little bleak. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, I look forward and, to talking about it. So. Yep. Well, and Steve, just because you'll have the context for this one, I've started building a jest or a Harlequin army because I'm. Yeah, that that's guy. old school. That's old. Oh, school. That's they, good. They they are one of the again. ones. That, they're one of the ones that got a fresh update with the the rehash, yeah. and they've gotten bordering on stupidly broken. Well, yeah, I mean, well, that's what they um, are, so. which makes me smile because I'm like, of course, I'll pick the most complicated thing to start off with because why wouldn't I? 
Yeah. Of course. Oddly enough, I started looking that up because you guys posted about it in that other thread. So yeah. I was like, oh, what is this? Harley Quinn armies? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so yeah. complicated. Egg uh, sandwiches everywhere. It was very strange. Not so, what you think. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Hawk, what's uh, what's good in your life? What are you uh, loving or what are you trying oh. out? What's what's new? What's good? Oh, you mean my yum? No. Yeah, what is it? <laughs> oh, you. Oh. <laughs> All right. Use it for your rant later. <laughs> yeah, what is uh, your yum? Yeah, right now uh, I just uh, finished binge watching uh, the fourth season of Better Call Saul, which just came up on Netflix, and uh, right. I managed to oh, catch damn. the yeah the the premiere last night. So anybody who hasn't seen it yet should really see it, especially if, uh, episode one of uh, season five, because uh, we got one last final appearance by Robert Forrester. Oh, yeah. yeah. We'll mm. never get that adapter again. Well, well, I'm glad you didn't say the mid-season premiere of The Walking Dead. So <laughs> that's uh, still going. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Apparently, no, we, I, last night's episode was that crazy and stupid, and then there was a little bit of good, but most of it was bad. Sounds about right. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like The Walking Dead. <laughs> no, I, I'd highly recommend everybody catch up on it. And uh, four seasons on Netflix, and they're all like just gr- perfectly written. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. I guess you want me to go, Matt, because you're going to be longer. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a good idea. All right. So what what am I liking on? I just bought the Division 2 for $4 on my PC. (laughs) So I've been playing that again, which is nice. Just seeing the the fidelity and how good it looks on PC compared to PS4, Um, which it still looks good on PS4. It just looks way better on PC. Mm -hmm. Um, And they've done a lot of updates since I last played it about a year ago, I guess. Yeah, there's a big one coming, right? I mean, that's yeah, the reason for yeah. this discount, I presume. Warlords yeah, yeah, they have. New- yeah, they they're they're releasing part of New York, so we can roam again there. Which you know, I don't know if I'm going to spend forty dollars to you know walk mm. around New York again. You say mm. that, but let's be real. Uh, but there's like this Final Fantasy coming out, and all these um, other and Doom uh, is coming I've, out. Doom let's let's go my, with more Doom than anything. Doom has my attention. Final Fantasy. The more I I look into it, the more nervous yeah. it makes me. Until they tell us, um, until they actually release uh, part one underneath that Final Fantasy logo, I probably won't get it. Or give us any other dates on when the other parts are expected to come out. They're not going to do that. You know that. And that's why I have no faith in it. It's very Nix. We'll get it when PS5 comes out. Oh, did you hear the the news that the Xbox Series X is fully compatible all the way back to Xbox? Yes, I did hear that. And Which, any game you buy on Xbox One will have a free upgrade to Series X if it's, um, you know, if there's an upgraded version of it. Yeah, mm. because, Ooh. yeah, because they've been taking a big hit lately and they need to try to get people back. And that's mm-hmm. the only way they're going to get people back is to be like, by the way, you can play all your old games again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And hopefully and you don't you have know, to buy them. We'll just let you play them. <laughs> the Nintendo model. Nintendo fans are like, what? You don't have to pay something? Pay for yeah. another? <laughs> maker? I know. So bizarre. Also, Breath of the Wild still always good. Um, all right. Matt Moore. What, what, what's so, up? So I've I've been playing Wolfenstein 2, the new Colossus. Oh, I, yeah. I never yeah. played those. I never I played the first Wolfenstein when they released it for the... I don't know, PlayStation 3 or 4, whenever it was back when it came out. Or maybe it was the Xbox. I don't even Return remember. Return to Castle Wolfenstein? No, like the, the first of the reboot. Series. Yes. Like 2006, yeah. wasn't that was, it? Or? That yeah. was a PS3 I've, slash Xbox it was, game. Yeah. It I was, thought it was earlier. It, it was okay. I didn't, didn't really get into it. So I was like, eh. And I kept seeing them releasing games. I was like, I don't really care that much. And then I was like, they keep releasing. I'm like, you know what? 
I'll go back and I'll play this. And uh, I'm digging on that game. It's fun. Yeah, it's the new ones I'm, are good. I'm getting myself. Don't get Youngblood. Don't get don't get no, Youngblood. No, no. Well, oh, no. I, I just wanted to get Colossus because it was mostly to get myself Doom ready because I needed to cross train. So I'm like, what's the closest thing? Uh, first person shooter. That's oh, ridiculous. that's gonna mess you up. They're very different. I mean, they're great, but they're actually quite different. Anyway, never yeah. mind. Come on, the, yeah. layout, the layout, getting used to a first sure. person shooter, not on a sure you know, computer like on a console. Because I've never been a like aside from the Far Cry's first person shooters aren't really my my uh, my thing. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't count the Far Cry games as first person or the the fallout game because you can stop time <laughs> so i've been playing that a lot in my off time because you know it's mindless murdering of evil nazis but just joy speaking of evil nazis <laughs> segue i was a tidy segue this is actually this was great this will lead us into um sort of our topic of conversation tonight um, <laughs> yep i was so excited uh as many of you heard when parasite won best picture yeah we talked um, about it we, we had a bonus it. episode yeah. We had technically we had two bonus episodes back to back. We were all kinds of goofy when we recorded those. Oh my god! Um, and I was very excited about that because it was definitely a thing that uh, that set precedent. There'd never been a, a foreign-made film uh, that won the the American Academy Awards. Mm. Uh, so it's never been done, which is fantastic. And all, I mean, we've all been going on about how great Parasite is. So there's no there's no confusion there as to our love of that movie. Mm. And then the great orange Sultan decided to open his mouth. About oh my it. God. Oh. Um, and, and two he, weeks after he, they won the Oscar too, right? Yeah. yeah. At, at one of his rallies, uh, Donnie decided that um, he was going to chime in on the fact that uh, a, a South Korean film won best uh, picture uh, and went off on one of his usual bumbling rants about how, you know, he doesn't understand it. And he, I don't know if it's any good. I haven't seen it. Uh, and did this two days in a row. He did it once at, uh, I don't know where the first rally was, and the second time he did it in Vegas as well. Uh, and went on this great, huge tear on how it was ridiculous that, you know, South Korean films are winning, and you know, why can't we go back to, you know, go, bring back the, the Wind, wind and uh, what, what the hell was the other one that made me shake my head? Oh, Sunset Boulevard. Like, <laughs> give, give me those movies. Don't give me anything from another country. People didn't clap as hard for Sunset Boulevard at that no, rally. I'm no. sure none of those people knew what that was. I mean, no. but I mean, you know, the fact that, that there's less con- there's less Confederates and slavery in that movie. So oh, yeah, there's, there's, there's less stereotypes <laughs> of slavery. Well, it was very it was you know it was anti Hollywood and anti German. So there's that. Uh, no, that's and true. And anti communist. Yeah, that so they should stuff. know it. Yeah, you know all those great gems. Um, Oh, damn, did I get heated about that? Oh, mm. wow. The only the part that made me personally laugh a lot was I think it was 12 hours or so after he made the first statement mm-hmm. on Neon, who is the distributor for Parasite in mm. North America, uh, chimed back with, well, of course, he doesn't know. He'd have to sit and read for two hours. It was um, actually, of course, he didn't like it. He can't read. Yeah, right. it, was, it was more succinct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, he need, they needed it to release something short so he could read it. Yeah, I understand that. Oh, and well, I know Fox News covered it a bunch, so I'm sure he heard about it, and it's fine. Um, so yeah, that that kind of set us up. I mean, this we'd already had the plans for this episode, and then that just really made this episode a lot more poignant in my mind um, as to the the sort of hidden gems of film that are not directly coming out of North America and the Hollywood studio system, but that exist all around the world, and we have a real real tidy selection tonight yeah um, yeah it's a very a, interesting a great, collection and a great cross-section of films yep. as well too yeah 
because again, especially when people tend to think foreign films, they can kind of go like Europe and China. Those are the two other, like those are where all the other foreign films come from, right? No, they come from all over the place. Yeah. Um, shockingly, every country, you know, makes movies. It's so bizarre how that happens. Mm-hmm. It's not just Hollywood. Weird that. Mm-hmm. Did you um, read what the DNC said about Trump's comments? No, no, no. I, I had the 48 hours of absolute rage and then I just stopped following it <laughs> because I was just cursing it out every minute of every day. Uh, so they said Parasite is a foreign movie about how oblivious the ultra rich are about mm. the struggles of the working class and requires two hours of reading subtitles. Of course, Trump hates it. Yeah, <laughs> that, that, was, that was the thing. That was the quote that I had read that I confused with what. Um, Very good. Uh, yeah. Oh it's my just, God. So funny. To be honest, like, you know, it's was, it was just, you know, if, I kind of dismiss him as like a really bad stand-up in that. It sounds like something he wrote in the bathroom on the way to the the you know to the rally in that. Um, Everything he says is something he wrote in the bathroom. I don't know if I should I be dismissive of him anymore or just you know, I, I just I, no. I just can't wait until it's at, at some point we are all no longer shocked or insulted. And we just laugh at the guy because he's, he is a joke. I mean, this is but ridiculous. That's, that's the problem is that every time we get to the point where we kind of just laugh him off, he does something even more egregiously stupid we just have to turn that corner where he really is just laughable period right i mean that's that's really that's how i look at it anyway oh i'm sure that'll happen in in, as much as i'd love to love it to happen in six months it's going to happen in like four more years and then you'll get lynched by you know bonobo monkeys and hung up (laughs) by his toupee good lord Um, oh god he's just such a clown of a human yeah Anyways, <laughs> Anyways. Enough, enough about his Cheeto clown ass. Let's go on to something far more entertaining. Yes. Yeah, so, um, so we decided to pick in celebration of a great foreign film, um, Parasite. Um, we decided to do. Uh, we decided to pick a foreign film each to look at, and then you know we all got to watch something that we suggested. We're going to talk about what it is and why we chose it, and then you know some reactions to it. So we're going to go in chronological order, which means. The, the ranty one gets to go first. Matt Moore, who, what did you pick? Okay, sorry. Let me bring up my notes here so that I don't misquote anything. So I picked The Triplets of Belleville, a.k.a. Les Triplets de Belleville. Uh, it's a 2003 animated comedy uh, out of France. Shockingly. Mm-hmm. Who'd have thought that a French movie was out of France? Um, and yeah, it uh, was nominated for Best Animated Film the year that it came out, uh, which sadly it lost to Finding Nemo, but Disney, what are you going to do? Yeah, kind of like Klaus. Cla- was it Klaus? Klaus? Klaus. And yeah. uh, Toy Story. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Sorry, go yeah. on. This yeah. one also was up for Best Song, which I thought should have won that year. Yes, too, it also it was uh, Belleville, Belleville Rendezvous, which is a catchy as hell tune. I get stuck in my head every time I watch this movie. I'm like, I have to listen to that song for like two days straight. Anyways, um, the story basically uh, focuses on uh, Madame Souza, uh, who's an elderly woman, and her young charge uh, champion, who grows up to become a a professional road cyclist. And the the sort of the wacky misadventures that then occur uh, when Champion and two other racers are kidnapped uh, during the uh, the Paris the Paris Tour de France. Mm-hmm. Paris Tour de France, the Tour de France, uh, <laughs> and her and her adventures in getting him back. I yeah. think that's the best the best way I can sort of not spoil anything that happens in the movie. Yeah, sure. it's funny um, that this is labeled as a comedy because it's sort of like dark 
Riker comedy. I, I don't know. It's it's a weird like mix of I don't know. In, in France, it's probably considered a comedy, yeah. but I mean, I think that's one of the <laughs> no, things that we're gonna say. Yeah. We're gonna talk about all these movies and how they kind of bend, you know, our our traditional North American definitions. So, yeah, except for my, sorry, Mac, for me, it was very much. It was like an action comedy. This yeah. is the best way to describe it. Uh, it was actually, and I wanted to make sure because I was trying to find this on my notes, so I did write it down. It was actually an international co-production uh, between yes. France, the United Kingdom, Belgium, and Canada. Yeah, yeah, Canada. Canadian. Yeah, um, and that was the one thing I was trying to remember because it wasn't just a French. It was released yeah. from a French studio, but it was a co-pro. Yeah, it actually won a genie here. So it won a genie here. It won. It actually it won quite a few awards, just none, not an Academy Award. <laughs> Which is why most people forget that it existed, which is a bloody shame. Yeah. Um, what else did it win? Let me see. It, it won, won a the, Caesar. The Cesar for best film music. Caesar. Uh, Cesar. <laughs> um, uh, it won and also the BBC Four World Cinema yeah. Award. Yeah. Well BBC deserved. Four World Cinema Award. I have to, not the, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> BBC Four, right. They have four of those channels. <laughs> We'll fix it in post. No, we have post. <laughs> no, well, we have a lot of posts. I thought it was just those <laughs> those bonobo monkeys that were waiting uh, for four more years. Oh god. Um, <laughs> yeah, no. I this this movie is phenomenal. Yeah, um, I I felt I again I had not watched this movie leading up to the Academy Awards. I remember seeing the song performed during the Academy Awards, being like, mm-hmm. "That was a really cool song. I want to know more about this film." And then I watched it and I absolutely fell in love with it. I bought it as soon as it came out on VHS and DVD. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, have it still, on yeah. Um, I still have it in my collection. It's one of the few films that I, that are not horror that I keep in a place of honor in my collection. So I absolutely love this movie. It is such a, it's a beautiful film because it's a movie that says a whole lot without having, with having virtually no dialogue. Yeah. yeah um, most exactly. of the story is either told through visual or through sound effects and sounds. Mm-hmm. or songs it's uh definitely a really cool movie to watch and it's one of those great movies where you don't need to read a lot of subtitles because everything's presented in front of you and you can figure out what's going on by watching it mm-hmm. uh, which is why i think it's a great film as an intro to foreign films because it's a foreign film but you don't have to be like i have to read two hours of subtitles yeah, yeah. true enough. and it's set in people, france so yeah. and it's set in that area so well, and that's in the city of Belleville doesn't actually exist in France at all. It was a, it was an amalgamation city of a bunch of different places that, uh, so it's a, a fictional city. So they were able to create some comedic scenarios because of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For sure. Creating steep, steep hills that cause cars to flip backwards down them. Yeah. Well, you know, those, uh, cars can also get flipped by shoes. So yes. <laughs> <laughs> no. Um, yeah. So I, I remember this movie coming out, um, and hearing the soundtrack and being like, well, damn, this is before vinyl made that big hit again. But yeah. I was like, this would be a really cool me and my, you know, my, my emo <laughs> days. Like, I should get this on vinyl. This would be awesome to play on my record player, listen to my earphones in my yeah. room, um, which I, I never ended up getting it on, um, on vinyl. But I, this was also a film that we ended up studying in animation. I was talking to Hawk mm-hmm. about this. Um, we went to school for uh, multimedia, which is now digital media. Um, and yeah, this is one of the films we studied because of what Matt said, because of the animation style, it's very unique. Um, there's an Al Hirschfield type style in it without mm-hmm. being stuck to that New Yorker style. It's, it's definitely French, but it's, there's, there's so many different influences in the style yeah. and the music. And that you can tell that with the, with how 
it's a co-production with so many different, um, mm-hmm. you know, countries. Yes. The, the use of music is incredible in this film because of that one theme that we talked about earlier, but it's being reused in different forms. There are different mm-hmm. motifs that are played throughout the film to showcase different you know emotions that are happening. And like, it's, 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 it's a phenomenal film. I, I love this film. I, I loved studying it back in the day. Even though Hawk wasn't in that class and I kept on talking to him about it. <laughs> it's I one will, of those films yeah, that Hamilton I, loved. But I, I, know. I do have to put a small caveat in here, especially mm-hmm. for those viewers that if you're interested in watching this movie, there is some content in this that was was not great at the time it was made that really doesn't hold up well right now. Are you but talking you, about the beginning? The beginning. Okay. That's yeah. the part I really focused on at the uh, uh, in my experience with this, and that uh, yeah. it's a it's really indicative of old Robert Crumb style. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And, and that's yeah. what they were doing. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah. They were trying, um, they were definitely homaging a lot of things. Here, yeah. So, yeah. So I would recommend the viewers understand that this is as much as the material can be problematic and offensive, it is meant to be an homage to the old school cartoons that existed. It's not meant to be, it's not meant to be intentionally grotesquely offensive. It's a very mm-hmm. small sequence. Yeah. But and I need to put, it's at the yeah. very beginning too. So you get past that and really that's it. So, but you just need to understand that. Uh, I don't want anyone to go in blind and then, you know, write us back and be like, this movie did this and this. And I was like, no, you know, and I'm not saying it be, that's a good thing, but it's there and we can't ignore cinematic history, no matter how distasteful it can be. Yeah. And when animation, like the, the, the imitation of that style, um, even back then, they when they did animate these two, like the two main people that they um, animate were Django Reinhardt and uh, was it Josephine mm-hmm. Baker? Yes, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that, that, that's what it, they looked like when they animated them back then uh-huh. to showcase them. So yeah, yeah, they're they're yeah troublesome. What did other people think? I just kept on going. Yeah, I like this film. That's why. <laughs> yeah, Hawkeye. Yeah, this was my first experience watching the film was when it came up in this list. So, yeah, me too. Uh, you should have t- taken animation I, with me. <laughs> Hamilton's class. Um, Hamilton so, being the, 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 the professor, not the also the city, but that was the yeah. professor's last name. Anyway, shout out to Mac. Um, yeah, I had to message Eric about like 20, 25 minutes into the film and that to just to inform him that it was one of the most depressing experiences I think I've had. <laughs> <laughs> God, you know, like it, one small thing alone, the interior life of that dog and that, that was explored in that, you know, from that little accident at when he was a puppy and like, and his tail run over to the train to like, it's kind of, Fat grotesque life in that, you know, just yeah. waiting for the yeah. come by so can bark at it all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that it, dog it, loved it, that lady so much. I think I had a similar experience, like uh, to Hawk. But I'll let you keep going, Hawk. <laughs> and he and he turned into the hero at the end. <laughs> really? Are there heroes? I <laughs> I, well, I thought that, that felt very existential. It, but it, go on. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, you gotta do. You do have to admire the the lady and the the, the grandmother yeah. and the Madame. Yeah. And, but that was an epic journey on that, you know, like a paddle <laughs> following a steamer. Yeah. <laughs> oh goodness. Yeah. But yeah, it, it's a technical marvel in that, you know, mm-hmm. um, in its animation. I don't even know the process I went into it. Not, I'm guessing this is like pretty much entirely hand drawn. Yep. Yes. Mm-hmm. There, there were a couple. Um, this was at the beginning of the the, the you know the 3D animated. Yeah. yeah. Um, but it was mostly hand drawn. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I. 
I don't know. I, I have this uh, ongoing sort of theory. It, I'm not really, you know, a film academic, so, you know, people can, can you know, point fingers and shout at me. But I have, I have this theory when I'm talking about foreign films that uh, most other countries other than, say, America, tend to uh, have, have things that they want to discuss in film. You know, if they're going to go to the trouble of, of creating a movie, they kind of like to you know, fall back on certain ideas that they need to explore. And, and American movies, you know, you might knock them, but they're really the only people who I think have, uh, you know, unfettered fun, although maybe not these days. But um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really, I didn't really get this movie, honestly. I, I mean, it was amazing, like visually, but I kind of agree with Hawk. Like, I just wanted to say, actually, at the start, I was like, uh, I, I hate you guys, man. You guys pick like the most depressing, <laughs> brutal movies. I just, I can't believe like we, like I thought my movie was going to be dark, but you guys like, oh, so I anyway. wasn't dark. Was it? <laughs> it was horrible. What are you talking about? Anyway. Um, so uh, yeah, no, the animation is really good. Um, and I, I guess there's a certain absurdist sort of quality. Like mm-hmm. there's a grotesqueness to it. And mm-hmm. I, I, maybe those are elements of, of French cinema in general. I don't know. I, I haven't watched enough French cinema. Um, but yeah, I, I, I actually didn't really understand the story. Like, I, I know it was very free, fan, fantastical, you know, a lot of yeah. elements. And, and yeah, the journey was interesting. Um, but I, I was lost for most of the film. So I think it's amazing. I do recommend it because there's nothing like it. Definitely. Like, yeah. the, the, uh, the achievement of the animation and the integration of the music, uh, mm-hmm. these are all, like, top, yeah. top things about the film. But I, I actually thought it was very strange, like... Yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of freaky. Matt, so. would it be would it be fair to say that pretty much this whole movie is about this grandmother doing everything she can for her grandson? Yes, I feel like okay, that's, I, 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 I do pick up on even, that. Even if it's okay. not, even if he, if he, she's doing everything for his best interest, even if he doesn't think it's for yeah. his best interest. And you can really see that at the end that she, he doesn't even realize that yes. she's doing anything. For him, okay, right? well, I, I did, I did catch does, that at the very, very end. He does. Sure, yeah, at the very, sure. Very end. Right. Yeah, okay. The, okay. The last five seconds of the movie. <laughs> All right. The saddest five seconds of the movie. I actually thought it was really beautiful. It was sweet, but it was sad. Well, because all of a sudden he was like, oh. Yeah. Yeah. I hate you guys. (laughs) But it could be worse. You could be holding a book being very happy. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yeah, no, the the, the movie itself can be be a little on the bleaker side at times, which that is sort of, I don't want to say it's a hallmark of French cinema, but it is certainly what French cinema is known for is not... Mm -hmm is not glossing over the, the, the bleakness of existence. Well, I think yeah. that's, that's sort of all the movies we picked in the end. Ultimately. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it kind of proves my theory, what I was saying about, you know, everybody else having, having a beef, you know, <laughs> with yeah. their cinema. Uh, true, actually. Yeah, um, yeah no, I, I think there's a certain existential sort of element yeah. to it. Uh, and so they can be absurd. You know, exactly, and they can yeah. have these insane adventures. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but, uh, but I mean, yeah, I think it, the, the biggest takeaway is to always beware of the French wine mafia. <laughs> <laughs> this movie was so weird, guys. So I know. Weird. I know. See, it's funny because you guys have just experienced it, but I've been laughing about this, like random <laughs> stuff like that from Matt yeah. for years. Yeah, um, I see. I, I think. I think actually, with the fullness of time, I, my appreciation will evolve. You know, I do yeah. feel like they're. But yeah, I literally just finished this movie an hour ago, and, yeah. I, and I was. You like, get a I lot from rewatching it because you know what sure. happened. Yeah, sure, once sure. you know where yeah. it's going, you can, you can. It is one of those movies where you can lose the forest for the trees trying to watch stuff. And once you know where it's going to go, you can kind of sit back and you catch all these little 
sure bits and pieces in the background it's kind it's very uh, akin to what um they did with a lot of the old old looney tunes mm-hmm. okay where there's okay. like random gags in the back that animators just put in for their own entertainment that no yeah. one really ever caught because they're watching you know bugs bunny right while there's some weird nonsense in the corner mm-hmm. triplets does okay. that a lot too where there's little bits where if you're not paying attention you'll miss it and it's not a significant thing but it's really really ridiculous and silly there was one moment uh, I, I experienced that it was uh, when the old lady's going to the the bank to you know with her little stool and her umbrella and that and you catch one of the frogs that is, they're all leaping into the water and that but there's mm-hmm. this one little frog in that who's like missing an eye and like two limbs and that who's kind of right. you're wondering oh that's a bit weird yeah. and then you find out why yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> is this on any streaming services for people to watch or is it I think it's just um, this yeah. one. I well, no. As I was saying, oh, uh, it's on it YouTube. Actually, it's on YouTube. You can actually find this the full movie on YouTube. There's no weird title spelling. You could just type in "Triplets of Belleville." It'll come up. Yeah, English spelling. Take that. Yeah, France. And, and of course, you can turn on and you can turn on the captioning for the film if you really want those like two dozen lines that are spoken captioned for you. You're more than welcome to. You yeah, guys, they're not important. Yeah, you bracket music. Bracket music. <laughs> you want to learn lyrics to some songs, that's some really cool French songs. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Any final thoughts before we move on? Yeah. All right. Man. Next is Hawks movie. Yeah. For my choice, uh, I went the German route in that. Uh, for 2006's The Lives of Others, uh, which was actually the winner of the best foreign film at the Oscars that year. Yes. Uh, I did not is, realize that. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. All yeah. deserved. Damn. Yeah, I know. Uh, it is. Uh, it was directed by uh, Florian Hankel von Donnerschmack and written by him. Uh, it uh, focuses on the period before the fall of the Berlin Wall, uh, with East Berlin under uh, communist uh, socialist occupation, and uh, focuses on the, the uh, story of a member of the Stasi, of the secret police, uh, as he is assigned the task in that to. Uh, surveil a screenwriter or a playwriter right uh named george dryman uh and his actress girlfriend uh and he does this uh through a series of wiretaps and video surveillance of their apartment which he monitors uh uh daily for weeks uh i don't know what more to say in that uh mm. that would i don't know if way. you want to do yeah much. that's the best yeah. lead into it that you need everything after that you need to watch mm-hmm. yeah uh, the movie is, is, is this is a claustrophobic examination of of, of occupation and uh, mm-hmm. what party life looks like. Uh, you know when it dives into you know the cultural scene. Uh, the party wants to control all the content that comes out from artists and that, and the artists mm-hmm. continually in that who try to rebuke it and try to get out from underneath it and that they find themselves blacklisted and never able to practice their trade again. Um, and I don't know. What did you guys think? Well, I, I would add one, just one minor caveat to the synopsis without giving anything away. I mean, I think it is, it's the journey of, you know, the guy who is, uh, the Stasi agent who is observing mm-hmm. and, and how he starts out, you know, as a, as a hardliner. Well, I mean, he's, he, he's, he's a Stasi agent, you know, and, yeah. and how his perspective evolves, you know, yeah. through the observation of these people, it's the, this intimate observation of these people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. He's very um, sly. He's a very sly guy in that he's very quiet. He's mannered and he's practiced in that. And mm-hmm. he, he knows what to say and what not to say. 
Yeah. He's uh, very stoic. It was hard to figure yeah. out where he was, like what he was, what was going through his head. I yeah. Guess. Yeah. But, but like the good. film, I mean, I guess we'll just, just jump right into it. I mean, yeah, I, I was really, this was a great film. Like it really moved me. And like, as Eric was saying, um, when you finally understand what's going on in the, in the, the Stasi agent's mind, uh, through his actions, uh, mm-hmm. you just really get like, like him, you get caught up in this, you know, mm-hmm. situation and the emotions of it. Um, so yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I love this film. And it's, it's yeah. I will say this. It's one of those movies where every time you, you think, you know, what's going to happen or you think like, okay, this is now we're getting to the denouement of the film. There's a little, there's a little curve and all sure, of a sudden, sure. like, Oh, there's, and, and there's more. Oh my God. Like there's, Oh, there's more after this. Yeah, that was something I thought that was very interesting. And I was wondering, like, I haven't watched that much German cinema, but is that something that is very typical? Because I was going to say, like, at the beginning, I was talking about how, like, you know, one of the things about all these foreign films that we watch, they kind of bend our expectations of mm-hmm. the North American formula. And this film could have ended twice before it actually yeah. ended, right? It was and, um, the vibe, I, and this is a, such a weird comparison, but I think the closest vibe comparison I got to this movie was Mr. Holland's Opus, where you're actually getting, like, a full story. Not like sure. a slice of life. Mm-hmm. You're getting the full story of this Stasi officer watching this author from start to finish. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's never, yeah. a, here's this piece, but what's going to happen afterwards? You know that story's now done. There is nothing more that can be told about the story. Right, yeah. right. It's like it's a bizarre set of circumstances in that, you know, because mm. he's a guy who's just basically, he's he's just keeping his head down and follow, you know, following the rules and that. Mm-hmm. He's very good at what he does and that, but mm-hmm. uh, and him also being constri- confronted with the whole kind of corruption behind like right. this organization that he, he he's working for. The, when he when he wants to insert himself into their lives, I, I don't know if that's a way of saying it without spoiling anything. Like, yeah. there's there's something so unique and so unexpected from that, and then mm-hmm. it just sort of kept on going like that throughout the film. Like Matt was saying, yeah, and mm-hmm. I don't know. This film kept me just glued to the screen for the whole. Yeah, time. yeah. Like it, it, it. There was. The, the most powerful moments were the quiet moments I found, but yes. there was a lot of contemplation yeah. and a lot of, um, yeah, there was a lot of push and pull and just a lot of stuff going on, you know, in people's mm-hmm. minds. And that was, that was really like, it really came across. And, and I just want to add, you know, like about how I was saying, you know, maybe, you know, it had these kind of extended endings or at least from a North American Hollywood perspective, it felt like extensions, but I really appreciated those extended yes. endings. Oh, I don't, yes, want, absolutely. I don't want it to come across as, you know, I, oh yeah, just to keep going, you know. Oh, Despite no, the final crap. image. Well, okay, okay. Yeah, the final the final shot is a little funny and that might be also a cultural thing, but yeah, but yeah. nevertheless, yeah, the the power of of how the movie continues is uh, is amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't even know what else I could say about this film other than why how did you get it? How did you watch this film? Hmm. Oh God! It was I, I. used to, you know, I was much more interested in uh, kind of foreign films than that. Uh, probably like '90s into the you know 2010s and that. So this one kind of showed up because there was a lot of talk about it. And that I think I ended up like grabbing it, like a, a DVD of it somewhere along the lines. So, cool. But never left my mind. Yeah, you know, it yeah. just kind of stuck out. It was a unique story in that, uh, different from a lot of German standards in that, you know, because I think it yes. does borrow a lot of narrative cues from like a, ho- a Hollywood, you know, mm-hmm. very uh, much so. Feature in that, uh, but only for its own benefit. It, right. You know, truly well, unique experience. Please go watch it, guys. When I yeah. remember, I was, I was telling the guys earlier before we started that the movie was kind of lauded for 
being one of the, if not the most accurate portrayal of Eastern East Germany during that time period that's ever yeah. been portrayed before, where it was not, it wasn't glorified and it wasn't horrified. It was just, this is what life was. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's an interesting I, setting. Years ago, I took this uh, German masterworks course in literature at McMaster and that. And uh, I still re- always remember what the professor told me about, about German society and that, uh, you know, like pre uh, Berlin, the collapse of the Berlin wall. Uh, it was because of the close knit nature in which people lived in those uh, kind of block system and that, you know, apartments beside apartments and then upper levels and that your neighbors, there was no, you really didn't have anything really closely resembling privacy in that your neighbors were mm. always in business and that. Mm. And he said, uh, it, the example he gave was if your milk bottles weren't straightened up and that for, uh, you know, pick up and by the delivery guy and that your neighbors did it for you, uh, and not in a very nice way. Huh. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's something we can't even imagine because I remember when the wall went down, you know, but yeah. I couldn't, comprehend the significance of that i mean east germany Mm -hmm. had always been like this action movie sort of like bad place you know but but (laughs) yeah i mean no this was a great movie on from that regard definitely to like uh explain a situation that is impossible for us to imagine Mm -hmm. um so yeah great yeah i really loved it i really like this movie Mm um i also have in my notes uh uh damn you hawk yeah because uh yeah i (laughs) this movie really it really hurt hurt my heart. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Are you are you checking all your switches and stuff for bugs? Oh, great! <laughs> That's why I'm getting all these radio signals. I did I did file all the serial numbers off my typewriters and change the ribbons. <laughs> all to red. Oh, all to red. That was just. And again, that's one of those like you know it's. It's like a pun. It was even at the time I remember it was kind of a punchline, you know, during the the East West Germany split. But like that was legit. Like they they controlled everything. Like there's a it's not even spoiling anything, but there's a point in the movie where it, it it's made very clear that every single typewriter in East Germany uh, was monitored. They they knew the serial number, they knew who owned it, and they knew the font hiccup that that typewriter had, so they could identify <laughs> writing based off who owned that typewriter like and that seems laughable to us in a western society but that was that was the world that those people lived in Mm -hmm. i was was actually really impressed by that and that because a lot of the forensic sciences they were employing in that i don't think the fbi knows that even at that time no no Mm -hmm. they were they it was next level monitor like kind of monitoring that they had yeah. And they definitely can't uh, do it now. <laughs> no. <laughs> One final thing I'd like to add in that. If you enjoyed this movie and that, you should check out uh, uh, the conversation. I think I mentioned it to you. Um, yeah, it's yeah, you mentioned it to me. Yeah. yeah. Um, 1974, uh, Francis Ford Coppola. He made it in between Godfathers 1 and 2. Uh, and it deals with a very similar situation uh, about a, a surveillance expert in that who leads mm-hmm. his really close life until the lives of the people he's surveilling kind of you know, start to affect him. Mm-hmm. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm definitely gonna check that out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. That 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 movie has Gene Hackman and someone else. I can't remember who it was. Oh, a uh, very young Harrison Ford in a, in a mostly kind of supportive cameo role. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Any final thoughts on this film before we move on to Steve's happy movie? Uh. Yeah, did I say uh, damn you, Hawk? I said that, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yes, yes, you did. But you might as well reiterate it. Okay. 
Damn you, Damn you Hawk. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, you're next. Oh, dear. Okay. Uh, <clears throat> the movie I chose for everyone to suffer through was A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, a movie from uh, 2014. It, uh, now, I, I don't know whether this really counts as an Iranian film, but it was written and directed by Anna Lily uh, Amirpour, and uh, the entire film is done in Farsi. Uh, actually, it's interesting. I, I, I watched a, a video uh, of an interview, and she wrote it in Farsi, w- but keeping the translation of it into English in mind. Hmm. So she she was writing it in English, but wrote it in Farsi just so she knew what the subtitles would be. Mm-hmm. And every time she edited it, she had to edit both, you know, in her brain and yeah. then on paper. So it was, a, it was quite 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 crazy. Um, so uh, I don't know how much to talk about the movie, but I will say it's a black and white film that is very much inspired by uh, Nosferatu and uh, Spaghetti Westerns, which uh, yeah. will come across immediately. Um, and the movie is, uh, is a little, it's more archetypal. So you shouldn't go into the movie expecting, you know, like deep character analysis or, or plot. <laughs> it's very simple. It's very surface level, but everybody in it is, is sort of a symbolic, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, uh, I don't even know what to explain. Basically it takes place in this, this Iranian ghost town uh, called Bad City, um, which is a little bit ridiculous, but, um, <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and involves a, uh, uh, well, I'll just say it, a, a vampire um, and uh, a bunch of uh, interesting characters uh, who reside in this, uh, this strange, this strange little, uh, little town. I, I'm not really it's, sure what else to say. I, I don't, I don't know. What yeah. do you guys think? It, it's, it's crazy it's because um, when I was talking to Steve, like when, when we first came on, I was like, this movie made like it felt like a Tarantino film mixed with a western, mixed with a vampire yeah. film, and I was like, Which, "This is amazing." I mean, that tracks because Tarantino is a huge uh, Sergio Leone fan, yeah. and he's yeah, yeah, admittedly yeah. he's the, la- the last few films he's done have been very modeled after his style. So yeah, 100%. you can definitely see see the same influences in this film that Tarantino has in a lot of yeah. his as well. This yeah. movie, ha- sorry, but go ahead. Um, this oh, movie I- had a God damn it, Hawk. <laughs> This one had a, had a had a neat thing where it played with music, where yeah. there was really good musical sequences, and then silence for long periods of time, which brought the intensity. And then uh, music for um, intimate moments, and yeah. um, I don't want to say violent moments, but like high intensity moments, I guess. Yeah, um, yeah. And and it was, and all the music seemed intentional, which yeah. obviously it was, but it, it felt perfect for each scene. Like I can't imagine like there are different styles of music too. Mm-hmm. Like, cause they're all musical songs, like um, actual songs where yeah. they're like club songs or mm-hmm. like a band would be playing yeah. or something like that. Can I actually, can I actually throw a little bit of fun trivia in on this moment only cause I, I did research on this cause I, I really like this movie. Yeah, go for it. Um, there is a Belgian band called the black heart rebellion. Oh uh, yeah. I need to get this 2018 wrote an alternate soundtrack for the film that they actually <gasps> in their yeah. shows have played live with the movie screening behind them. Yeah, Damn. I read that. Um, I need to find this. And they have, they have, the album was recorded and released. It was released uh, late 2018, early 2019. Uh, awesome. Apparently, what was it, it called is, again? Uh, the band is called the Black Heart Rebellion. They're yeah. Belgium. Oh. Uh, apparently, it, like they spent a lot of time making sure that there's, the songs sync perfectly with it. And they said it's it just nice. the soundtrack that makes it that can really accentuates the music even more so than the soundtrack in this. And like you were saying, Eric, the soundtrack is phenomenal in this. What yeah. they've done apparently just next levels the whole thing. 
I know mm. what I'm doing later tonight. Hey. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I, had, I know you were talking about that. I'm like, I had to throw that trivia in. So I'm like, yeah, this is cool when I learned about that. And I, I'm going to go back and do the same. I'm going to, I'm going to dark side of the moon this one and see nice. what happens when nice. I sync the two up just to get a, a feel for it. it was and really I, since cool. you threw through a nice little tidbit of uh, trivia, I'm going to also throw one. This mm-hmm. was funded by Indiegogo. Which yes, is really yes. crazy. She uh, had this inspiration um, because of uh, the the garb, actually, and, and mm-hmm. like it was from a different film. And she had uh, had one of those uh, actually, a uh, uh, chador, I think it's called. Yes. Um, and uh, and she was wearing it, and she was just like, "Man, I feel like I feel like a vampire or, or a manta ray or something." And and she had this immediate inspiration of like, "I just I wanna I wanna ride a skateboard with this thing," and that inspired oh. like a short. Right. Yes. And the short is uh, is uh, where um, sorry, what were you saying, Eric? Um, oh, no, I was just laughing at that skateboard thing because there's that one yeah. scene in the movie. Where <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, that that's what sort of inspired uh, the, a short film, which then later they decided to uh, crowdfund for a longer uh, feature length version. Yeah. So, yeah. And the uh, the short film was actually it was screened and won best short film at the newer Iranian Film Festival, which yep. is uh first screen that and it was again intentionally uh as much as like you said it's not it may not be a pure iranian film it was meant to be an iranian film yeah yes yeah so in that in that regard there there's like that's the thing i i will fully admit i don't know enough about iranian iranian cinema and i know it's probably quite complicated so mm-hmm. this film does have a lot of uh, american uh you know people involved with it well and uh you know was- technically it was also shot in California. Yes. It was actually shot in California as <laughs> yeah. well. Um, so yeah, I don't know whether this movie counts as foreign, but I think I think on the surface because it is in Farsi and um, and it is sort of like a film, you know, I think that probably encapsulates a lot of uh, you know uh, questions about Iranian identity as well, you know, but mm-hmm. also at the same time, it's very playful because it's mm-hmm. using westerns and film noir and mm-hmm. you know, but it's a it's an amazing. Uh, amazing mix. Uh, sorry, before I keep sorry, going Hawk, on, Hawk. Yeah, <laughs> let's <laughs> cut him off again. <laughs> yeah, but the, it didn't really feel the Western influence. Uh, uh, the thing that struck me the most is I thought it kind of was mostly uh, uh, not mimicking, but uh, influenced a lot by more like old uh, French film, uh, mm. like Jean Jean Luc Godard and like Breathless and that. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, the t- the lead character, and I know uh, the thing with the with the Chadresh? Yeah, uh, uh, Chador. Chador, and that, yeah. yeah. Um, but underneath that, uh, the. Yeah, her the shirt. shirt she, yeah, I know, the, the white with stripes and that. It, yeah, oh, yeah. It's just, like, it's a, a heroine from a French film. Sure. Uh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I totally, um, I totally see that. But it, it really does play with a lot of, like, you know, uh, 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 diff- influencers from different cultures and that. Like, the, the main guy, Arash, he seems to, like, fetishize 50s, like, American greaser. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He totally looks like a like a James Dean sort of character right out of the ga- right out of the gate. Absolutely. Um, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a it's an interesting film, and I think it really comes together. I mean, yeah, it's a little light in some respects, and it's 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 a slow film, and every shot is is very dramatic. And uh, there are some scenes in it that you know, especially because of the music, uh, will stick with you forever. Um, and that's the kind of thing I like, you know, it's a little bit open to per- interpretation, but um, I've uh, you know I did a little research, and I agree. Um, I think there's some good feminist uh, undertones in it. I mean, the characters are, are the female characters are complex, um, but they also still, you know, have you know, emotional qualities about them. And, um, 
I think there's an overriding theme of, you know, toxic masculinity as well. I mean, mm-hmm. oh, man. <laughs> just the with dad. what happens yeah, yeah. with a lot of these male characters, you know, and these, th- these are consistent things, you know, but they're not, they're not like, again, it's a very archetypal, you know, uh, film. So you can just sort of enjoy the, the silence of it and the look of it. I do have one last little factoid before I forget another mm-hmm. little tidbits as we're all throwing them out there um, in her room, which she has decorated with all these like eighties, pop you know american uh posters <laughs> there are posters of madonna in there but they're not actually madonna they're margaret atwood mm-hmm. margaret what? atwood dressed up as madonna yes the director uh-huh. actually was able to meet up with with uh margaret atwood at a comic-con and margaret atwood agreed to to dress up as madonna for the posters in this film that's so, amazing yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't even know what else to say about this film, other than the last scene sort of confused me, but or the last sort of sequence. The last sequence, sure. yeah. The, sure. yeah. The, road, the road trip. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I think it's a little bit there behind it too. Yeah. I, I sort of I feel there's a little bit of open to interpretation sort of yeah. stuff involved there, but uh, but uh, I came away with it uh, less depressed than watching you know your three movies. So I don't know what that says. <laughs> Uh, but it's not very clear, whatever it yeah. is. I'll just put it that way. That was my yeah. interpretation anyhow. So I, I look forward to re- seeing this movie again after, you know, I've only seen it once, mm-hmm. but this is one of those movies that I have been thinking about it since I've watched it. Yeah. And I really just need to rewatch it. It's a, it's a very, very cool film. And again, like you said, it's all, it's all in Farsi, which gives it a, a very interesting, even knowing the roots of the film and its its origins. It's very cool to see a movie done done with it like done in this style with that language it just has a very mm-hmm. very cool flow to it mm-hmm. yeah yeah it's a very international film at the end of the day like I, I don't know how iranian it is but it's such mm-hmm. a combination of of cinema you know mm-hmm. a, a, across the span yeah. you know and uh yeah I, yeah anyway and it's, yeah, almost, I, it's it's like a horror movie without really being a horror <laughs> movie yeah kind of which i really i always mm-hmm. you know me i love i always dig on movies like that are in that genre but not yeah. It's, yeah, it's weird. I, I don't even know if I'd put it. it I guess it's a horror movie, but sort of yeah. not really. Yeah, the way the way she described the film was the first Iranian vampire Western. So yeah. I don't think that counts as horror, but who knows, right? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I mean, I mean, you put when you put the word vampire associated with anything and there's a, there's yeah. a, a an assumption and expectation that whether it's legit or not is what what flies into our heads, given that. Yeah. In, especially in you know North America, we've kind of been groomed with vampire movies. Must be X Y Z. Sure, sure. This is yeah. more like if like a Jim Jarmusch interpretation of a vampire movie. That tracks, yeah, mm. yeah. Mm. Uh, for those that don't know, the director slash writer Anna Lily M. Merpour, uh, she also did a crazy movie. Me and Hawk were talking about this just in passing, The Bad Batch, um, a couple years ago. Um, she also did an amazing episode of the Twilight Zone called A Traveler, which had Glenn. What's his real name? I can't remember. Glenn oh, from Stephen Walking Dead. Stephen Yu. Stephen. So, and she also did the the pilot for Briar Patch, which was that um, Rosario Dawson TV show that's out right now. Cool. She's also been forever attached to the um, Cliffhanger reboot movie mm-hmm. as writer and director. So, who? We'll, yes. we'll see how that goes. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Cool. cool. Reboot. Everything needs a reboot from the eighties and nineties, man. Everything. There's really? no new ideas. Wait, everything wait till everything. Uh, Showgirls. Uh, the next generation comes out. I will. Yeah. S- there actually was a Showgirls sequel, eh? 
Yeah, yeah I know. Let's, I know. Not, let's not talk yeah. about that. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's why I said the next generation. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Got <laughs> it. Any any final thoughts on this this amazing black and white film? A lot. I love I love the cinematography of this film. Yeah. Before we yeah. keep going, because yes. the, the play on light and in the mm-hmm. in the black and white was really done well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no, definitely has those Nosferatu inspired uh, and yes. also noir and a lot of Dutch angles. So yeah, it's it's very yeah. visually sumptuous for a black yeah. and white film. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, I think I honestly yeah, that's just the last little segue. I think that's kind of where I I said it's a horror movie, kind of because if there's ever a cinematic staple in a horror film, it's the Dutch angle. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> so you have vampires and Dutch angles. It's got to be a horror movie. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Fair. been established for over a hundred years, right? So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There were there was there were some neat like German inspired shots in there, like yeah. the old yeah. old like horror German. Oh man, great! Well, it's got that. No, that, that's the Nosferatu. It's right? The Nosferatu yeah, yeah, vibe. Yeah. 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 Um, I guess we'll go into my film um Trains of Busan. Of the year. <laughs> so this film came out in 2016 it's a korean film and um i've been i i, I don't know how i saw this movie i think it, there was there was a big buzz on the internet so i sort of yeah. just ended up watching it because people were like this movie's intense watch yeah. it and you know what it is yeah the train to busan is a film it's a zombie film let's just get that out of the Mm -hmm. way and basically it's about this group of passengers on this train trying to survive they're trying to get to this so-called safe city of busan on the train and you know they're they get separated people have to go between the cars there's a lot of action it's it doesn't need play on zombies that they don't really Mm. they haven't done before Mm -hmm. where there's um i don't know if i want to spoil it but don't uh, it, no, no 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 it's really neat and the because it's on a train it uses that technique amazingly yes yeah it's a, it's a very confident zombie movie because it sets its own rules and that it follows yeah. them you know and it, it's, it, it, yeah like like a train it's just it barrels through it, yeah. it, there's no stopping in this film to think or um breathe Pretty much, there are a couple. Yeah. There are a couple soft moments, but that's when you know that something bad's going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's yeah, I, would, I would agree. Like the tension's almost worse than the soft, quiet moments yeah. because you're like you're waiting for the next thing to go wrong. Yeah, mm. and I know I, I love this. Like this has the kinetic energy of a Korean film, and it's shot like a Korean film. And there are sequences, like fight sequences, in this, or I don't know if it's really a fight, as in an eating sequence, that. Only the, a Korean uh, the, the battle sequences and the yeah. defending sequences for sure that influences there and it's just so wonderful. Shot. Also, it this has a a fun connection to Parasite because the son in Parasite is in this. Uh, yeah, he's one of the passengers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah no, Dave was uh, definitely very, very tidily reinvented the zombie genre film. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, not since I think uh, Wreck. Have they really, mm. Has there been a film that's really kind of reinvented the wheel with the zombie film in a way that was so well done that you weren't, it didn't seem derivative. Like this was its own sure. creature and this is going to be one of those movies that's going to be imitated. Yeah. It set a new precedent for how you can do zombie films. The the way that the zombies moved was so good. Like yeah, they were very yeah. contortion-y and yeah. they, they did something in this film that World War Z couldn't really do. And be good when they, yeah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> ouch! Nice. But they did the big piles of zombies without it looking ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because of the space, yeah, that they were able yeah. to make it make it work better. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't want to spoil this, but 
sort of, I'm going to sort of spoil it. There's a sequence where there's a bunch of zombies piling up on each other near the end. Mm. And it made me, the first time I saw it, it made me smile. And every time I watch it, it just makes me smile even more. Yeah. um, Just because of how it's done. Because they anyway. actually pay attention to things like physics and logic for exactly. how that works. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, and um, it does do that a whole thing where the zombies are bad, yes, but humans can be worse in times. Yeah. Sure. Of this yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think uh, I was talking to someone else about zombies today, uh, zombie movies today, and yeah, I mean the best zombie movies are not really about the zombies. I mean it's about the mm. people at the end of the day. And, Absolutely. And and yeah, I mean I can't say I'm a zombie movie aficionado. So um, when Matt says that this is going to be one of the ones that stands the test of time, I mean, I immediately think it it should just -hmm. because it's a great film, not just a great zombie film. It's just a great movie all around. Um, But yeah, no, it it, it does its own thing. Um, uh, Like Hawk said, it's very confident in in what it does. It just goes right into its own Mm -hmm. version of the situation and the speed. And, um, And yeah, it creates enough like, high tension situations out of the complication of being on a train <laughs> in a tight confined space with these things. Mm-hmm, that, mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's very exciting. But I, I found the, um, the plot also, uh, cause that I didn't really expect that. I thought it would just sort of follow like some, I mean, and there are some tropes, you know, of, yeah. of some of the people. Uh, but at the same time, some of the, the really heart wrenching, um, just loose, very simple uh, connections between the characters was, very unique. I had not mm-hmm. seen that in other zombie movies. And, and uh, yeah, that, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, here in my notes, it says, uh, damn you, Eric. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. There's, um, there's, there's this relationship between a sort of an absentee father and his daughter. And it made me think of Hook. You know how, um, yeah. you know, uh, Peter Pan and his son, they, they, they're sort of at odds. And they actually do the thing where um, he gets someone to film um, a performance of his daughter. And it right. really... Uh, the baseball game in Hook. Yeah. Right. <laughs> when I first saw it, yeah. I'll never stop talking about how much I love this movie. Uh, and again, it is one of those where if you enjoyed this movie, I strongly recommend watching uh, Soul Station, hmm. which okay, is the, the, it's the animated prequel to the movie. Uh, oh, so yes, writer, yes. Same writer, director. It literally, Soul Station ends about 15 minutes into Train to Busan. To Busan. Wow. It ends, it ends with the people that run into right. the station. That's, oh, that's cool, the ending cool. of Soul Station. Cool. Uh, and I, it, I don't it think was I've the same. Oh, it's on. It's I, I believe it's still on Netflix. It was for a while. Uh, it's all animated, but it was again written directed by the same writer director from Train to Busan. He released it a month after Train to Busan came out. <laughs> nice. Uh, so it was wasn't like oh the movie did well. It's capitalized. Like, he always intended to have the prequel. Right. Um, and it follows again. It's one of those. It's sort of an ensemble. It's dealing with a bunch of different people dealing with what's happening around the Soul Train Station right nice. before. Yeah, the outbreak and leading up to them oh, trying to get away, man. which then yeah, leads to amazing. train. But you like need, need like, more stress. Oh, good but again, you need to watch Train to Busan before you watch Soul Station because you okay. won't. It's get context. You can watch Soul Station by itself, but you you'll be very yeah. disappointed with the ending. Yeah, uh, and if you try to watch them <laughs> in sequence, you it throws things off a little bit. Sure, sure, crazy. Yeah. The um, if you do want to add more stress to your life, Steve, no, uh, Peninsula, the sequel to Train to Busan, is coming out this year. Is it? Oh, um, nice. It, it just got its North American distributor, so it is going to theaters in United States and Canada, yes. but nice. it might be a limited release. So That's you'll still right. get in Toronto, so we'll still see it. Um, That's fine. Field yeah. trip. 
Yeah, yeah. Def- yeah. Definitely. Hawk, did you? <laughs> we keep like jumping on all over this one. <laughs> uh, I think you guys really kind of nailed this one. Um, as far as this is now my, I will say my first uh, favorite South Korean zombie thing. Uh, it's um, if you're interested, uh, check out The Kingdom on uh, Netflix. It's a limited yes. series. Oh, South yeah. Korea. Fantastic yeah. series. Uh, a game with its own unique setting and mm-hmm. uh, cool. Check it out. Oh, oh, yeah. Definitely right. write that one down. Um, yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I was going to say in terms of like again, like approaching it from a foreign film as opposed to mm-hmm. you know like what we're normally used to. Uh, mm-hmm. I will say this is just an observation, which again people can can dispute. Uh, Asian films tend to treat life uh, much more cheaply, and that definitely came across in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, yeah, they they don't care about characters as much as we're typically used yeah. to. Uh, yeah. So that that definitely does add to the stakes, you know, of mm-hmm. these types of movies. Which is, again, reasons why you really want to watch Soul Station after you've watched Train, because you will get very attached to the characters in Soul Station, Uh, knowing what's going to happen to them, which almost makes it worse. (laughs) All right, I'm going to say a preemptive damn you, Matt, so thank you for that, yes. (laughs) The the worst part is, at least two of the characters, you don't realize how much you're going to care about them until you figure out who they are when you watch I can already guess. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's beautifully infuriating, but again, so masterfully crafted. Yeah. So um, we've we've picked great films, um, but these are definitely adult films. Even though oh, Triple Belleville yeah. is an adult <laughs> film, don't watch it with a kid. Yeah, it's PG thirteen. It's not. Yeah, but I, I, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah, that that is true. None of these movies are appropriate for kids yeah. at all. Yeah. Um, what would, would do you guys have anything like off the you know top of your head that you would suggest for a kid to watch um, to maybe get into a foreign type film? Yes. Uh, do you want me to just okay? Yeah. Uh, this is a movie I've probably mentioned in the past, but I saw this as a kid, and it uh, totally. I don't know. It had a huge impact on opening my eyes to like uh, more complex and uh, more uh, in-depth uh, settings. And that is the anime uh, Laputa, Castle in the Sky. Uh, I know a lot of people will pick other Miyazaki movies for different reasons. And I mean, pretty much any Miyazaki movie is probably an excellent uh, kids movie. But but this one has like, uh, you know, that kind of thing that I think Harry Potter has, where it doesn't treat the kids with kid gloves. I mean, there's real no. stakes, there's real violence. Uh, and people die. And uh, and yet there's some magical quality about Laputa, which I think, you know, if you watch it as a kid, like you can really get behind, you know, like there's just, and, and also because it is this Japanese story, it has characteristics that we're not used to in terms of its its imagining of, of this fantasy uh, uh, setting that it creates. So anyway, that's my suggestion. I, I just, I love this movie and I've been thinking about it ever since. Damn you, that was the one I was going to do, that Miyazaki Sorry. <laughs> That's a good film. Like, I, I 100% agree. You could also do Howl's Moving Castle, but there's some weird sequences in that that might be a little hard for kids, I guess. Yeah, um, I've never really understood why people consider that a good kids movie. I don't know. That yeah. It's, yeah. I'm trying to think of one. Ponyo was a good kids movie, yep. I think. Yeah. That's a good one. So, there we go. Um, oh, sorry. I'm, just, I'm looking up the title right now. It's going to be a hot second. If you want to know the first anime I saw, and I was way too young, I think I was eight when I saw it. I saw Akira, <laughs> which is definitely oh, not a thing you want to show an eight-year-old. No, that's um, not a kid's movie. Um, but it was one of those things where pe- where anime was sort of um, the end thing at the eight, like 
end of the 80s or yeah end of the 80s now of course that was the dub that had like leonardo from the teenage ninja turtles playing canada right i mean yeah that's that's the best dub ever you know yeah so so there was a little (laughs) a little and he Um, and they called him uh canada yeah canada is that you again tetsuo that pea brain Tetsuo, Tetsuo, <laughs> Oh man, I haven't. I don't know if I've seen the updated version. I'm sure I have. It's uh, it's a little disappointing because all the voices are actually now like normal and good, and the sentences <laughs> they they say make sense. Like they, the story actually makes <laughs> sense now it. because they actually rewrote the dialogue. So I'm actually a little bit heartbroken by the fact that I don't have this stupid version anymore. <laughs> I have the stupid version on VHS. Nice. Which is sitting like right beside me. Nice. Um, <laughs> maybe I'll rip it. I have a VHS to to digital player upstairs. So I can yeah. just rip it onto. I, I like it. I like it just because there's just a few lines in it. I think it's don't... also on the, the laser disc that's floating around online. I think it's that version as well. Yeah. Yeah. So. Oh, God. okay. It's another Miyazaki. I knew it was another, I knew it was another Miyazaki. Yeah. That's okay. the problem. <laughs> I was trying to find the translation for it because it came out after it was made. So I've got one. Yes, I found the translation of the title, friends, for the delay. Um, it, oh, God, I just lost the page. <laughs> <laughs> My Neighbor Toro Toro. Uh, yes, oh, yes. Yeah. Uh, a gem, again, it's another Miyazaki film uh, animated by Studio Ghibli, who, who doesn't love Studio Ghibli. It's actually the first one, actually, mm-hmm. um, technically. It was uh, 88, I believe, mm-hmm. 89. Uh, yeah. The only reason I was having issues because I the it was re-released in 2006 when Disney made its acquisition. Right. Uh, that And that was the version that I was thinking of, but I was trying to make sure that I had the right title. Yeah, yeah. Actually, funny story about that. Another Miyazaki film that came out uh, at the same time, they were actually a double bill, was uh, Grave of the Fireflies, which is not a good movie for kids. Oh, yeah. Um, I was going to... I mentioned that and I thought, no, that's, that's terrible. No, I also <laughs> saw that. Uh, I saw that as a teenager and uh, I, I did not know uh, that animated movies could make you cry. That was the first mm-hmm. time. Um, I, yeah. And the funny story with that is uh, the, the company um, Miyazaki was able to finally do a movie that he wanted to make, which was my neighbor Totoro. Um, and, uh, but in order to get the funding for it, he had to agree to make another film and they were bundled together as a result. So it was sort of like he had to do the two films, um, but it was the only way he could uh, actually do the film he wanted. I mean, he wanted to do both films anyway, but My Neighbor Totoro was a passion project for him. Um, But the funny part is because they were a double bill, um, the theaters at the time chose which order to play them in uh, however they wanted. So can you imagine watching My Neighbor? Oh, God. And then, like, it doesn't, there's no good way, you know, to put those two movies together, right? I mean, it's just, you're just gonna yeah it's bad so anyway don't Um, watch don't watch that one with your kids there's also two on netflix that i'll I'll throw out there because um they just came on recently actually in the last couple months um there's a nino kuni animated film that's on netflix that's quite good um nino kuni can get a little intense it's sort of sad uh, when they go to the human parts but it's it's quite good um then there's also the dragon quest your story which just came out a couple days ago Mm -hmm. and it's sort of a nice little intro to the Dragon Quest world, but for fans of the universe, it's also good for them because you get a little refresher and you get to see stuff that's happening there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, both both very child friendly. Yes. Uh, any other thoughts? Any other? Uh, uh, I'll throw out one more suggestion in that uh, it you know uh, as far as French cinema and that uh, 
if you can find a copy of City of the Lost Children. Uh, oh, yeah, but not for kids. <laughs> yeah, again, it's that sensibility and that, that you know. It's hard to say. I mean, it's very dark, but yeah. I think it's just at that borderline. You know, like I yeah. think that one's okay. Yeah. I don't know. That one's that one's debatable. I mean, yeah. well, it, I had a heck of a time just looking up because I was looking up. You know, I literally was searching uh, children's foreign films. Yeah, and some of the recommendations I was getting, I was getting like. <laughs> I'm not even kidding you. Life is beautiful came up on that list. I'm like, are you out of your mind? No, 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 no. But apparently that's like, there are several parent groups. They're like, this great show movie is great for kids. And I was like, wow. Like, I you, think we're, y'all didn't watch the end of that movie. Did you? I think we need to do a deep dive on this one as a separate, like we're going to have to do yeah. some research and come back with oh, a, a list yeah, of ourselves. It was, it was funny. I was mm-hmm. also looking up lists and they have like British movies. It's like, that's not really a foreign film, is it? Well, I mean, they I guess. Yeah. don't live in England, so technically, yes, it is. Yeah, I guess uh, it's true. Yeah. It's, uh, it's the fine line between foreign film and foreign mm-hmm. language film, and I think yeah. that's that's the distinction that that a lot of people don't make too. Is that you know some people look at you know it's, well, it has to be best foreign language. It's like no, you can have films that are shot in the UK or if you're in the States, Canada, which is technically yeah. a foreign film if it's a Canadian film. I was, I was about to say, like, just because it's from Australia or, or the UK or Canada, I mean, they it will contain sensibilities that are unique to those countries. And yes. sadly, because we take so much Hollywood in here, um, Canadian film is sometimes kind of foreign to us, you know, so yes. it, it does unfortunately need to be a good Canadian film. Good cop, or it's got bad, bond cop, bad cop. Bond is cop, only, bad cop yeah. Really, and even that's like still walks that fine line of like how many stereotypes can we throw into one movie before? It gets <laughs> fair, fair. But and they do a good that's job. The, but that's the the problem with it is that you kind of have to do that, especially you know Canada in the U.S. There's stereotypes that they assume with us that we have to kind of feed into if they wanted to identify as a Canadian film. Yeah. Whereas you know, other English dominant countries, you know, like like Britain and you know Scotland, Ireland, Australia, New Zealand as well, they have their own culturally unique tropes that they can they can feed into. Whereas ours, because again, we're so close to the states, our our cultures tend to to bleed together a little bit more than <laughs> other countries. Have you guys seen The Whale Rider? No, seen it? No, no. heard about it? Yes. Okay, I was. New I'm Zealand. just. It is a good New Zealand movie. I'm. I, it's a teen movie, so I feel like it would. It would work as a sort of intro to a foreign film. They speak in English. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm just thinking. These are things but, that. Uh, yeah, we should definitely do a yeah. deep dive. Maybe at the kids' movies. Anyways, or, one more thing along those guidelines in that uh, UK film from years ago, and that we always watch it every Christmas. Child's Christmas in Wales. Yes. Ah. Oh, yes. I don't know yeah. this one. Oh, yeah. dude, you need to watch that. You're the Hallmark King. You need to watch that movie. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It, oh, there it's it is. A great, it's the first simple story. story. A grandfather telling his remembrances of Christmas's past to his grandchild. Oh, sort of like a Princess Bride type telling story. Kind of. Um, yeah, it makes sense in my brain. It's very Welsh, so it's very heartwarming. I love Welsh yeah. things, so. Yeah. You know. Anyway, so those are great picks. I mean, We could even do another just random forum films because yeah. we picked some really good ones and uh, some of that yeah. I haven't seen. And yeah, that was, that was a good time. I, I yeah. mean, damn all of you, but it was a good time. If, any, <laughs> if anything, this was a good exercise in watching a film without twiddling on my phone because you have to read subtitles. Yeah, it was a lot of work. That's one of the reasons why in Jen always asks me like, why do you always watch movies with the subtitles? Like I like to catch stuff. Yeah. I, like yeah. to, I, I like to force myself to pay attention. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, Plus, I'm getting old and I need to read things so that oh, I can catch Lord. everything. <laughs> Anyways, baby. Let's throw this out to our listeners. What did you guys think of our picks? Are there some foreign films that you would suggest for people getting into it? Um, Or let us know of our picks in general. Why don't you get a hold of us on email, on social media, go on our website. We're everywhere. Thank you, Matt Moore, Steve, and Hawk for jumping on this foreign film exercise. Oh, wait, one more thing before I go. So we, we were talking about the triplets of Belleville and how it didn't win the Oscar for best song. Mm-hmm. The one that won that year was from Lord of the Rings, Return of the King into yes. the West. Uh, like, yes. uh, the worst of the three. So, yeah. But that was wise because it was the last of the three. And yes, they wanted uh, the to whole delayed Oscar crap again. Uh, well, I don't want to get it. <laughs> but didn't they win the best song the years before? Anyway, no, it, no, they, no they, they always delayed them like that. They always go, oh, okay, well, yeah. they're going to make two more films. We'll just give them all yeah. at the end. Yeah, yeah, these movies made a billion dollars. They got to get something. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. I have to acknowledge uh, something. <laughs> I mean, it's no Gone with the Wind, but what are you going to do? Ah, bringing it back. <laughs> I will. I will put this out there: is that if uh, again, my 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 beliefs are mine, and they are not necessarily shared by the rest of the Geeks with Kids panel. Except we all agreed with you. Well, yeah, I'm trying to distance you guys, so you don't have to take the heat. If you would like to debate me, by all means, message us on Instagram. Eric will provide you with my Instagram link. We can have a spirited debate about the pros and cons of whether or not a foreign film should win best picture at the uh, Academy Awards. That's all I will say about that. Yeah. And we'll all fight you. Anyway, <laughs> for Geese Kids, I'm Eric. Thanks, Matt, Steve, and Hawk for coming on. Thank you for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. Goodbye. Bye. 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 Well, that's it for us this week on Geeks with Kids. If you want to get a hold of us, you can send us an email at podcast at geekswithkids.ca. And don't forget to like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash geekswithkids. Follow us on Twitter at GeeksWithKidsTN. Check out our pics on Instagram at GeeksWithKids. And you can find all of this good stuff on our website at www.geekswithkids.ca. So if you like what you hear, why don't you hit that subscribe button and leave us a comment. This podcast can be found on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, YouTube, and your favorite podcasting app. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you next time.